from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution. This is change to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome everybody to the final edition of the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast for 2019. And we have one hell of an episode for you guys today. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we get into the podcast, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also, follow us on Instagram, Fight for Wednesday Night, for the number, not F-O-R. So De Niro, let's jump right into this. The last NXT of the year, of the decade. On Christmas night. On Christmas night. And I thought it was going to be a wash. Like, I thought this was just a throwaway show. I didn't really expect much. I thought yeah, there was going to be more... Yeah, I was going to say I went in with no expectations. Yeah, yeah, no expectations whatsoever. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a great mentality to have because I was super impressed with this show. Like, for what it was, I mean, you know, there's little minor little things that could have been or whatever. But, I mean, for the in-ring performance and, and the matches that we got, it was really good. Yeah, starting from the first match, I was... Blown away right off the gate, like right out of the gate. First of all, we started out with a promo from Roddy coming out saying that he's about to issue an open challenge. It wasn't the best promo, but we don't expect well, Roddy to have the best Roddy, promo. So. I was uh, shocked to see Austin Theory. I knew his time in uh, Evolve has come to an end, and I was very impressed with him in I, Evolve. I want to tell you, Austin Theory, the whole time, I'm thinking like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know anything about this kid. And yeah. and then first I'll find out that he is like a kid. He's 22 years old. Yeah, he doesn't uh, look it. Yeah, exactly. And, and he put on a hell of a performance with Roddy. A hell of a performance. Yeah. I think I think they have some, you know, untapped uh, uh, star potential there. Well, yeah, he, he was definitely a star in Evolve, and he was, like, one of the, like, big stars that they had when a lot of the guys started moving to NXT. So he was a guy who actually kept Evolve afloat, in my opinion, and was really, like, holding it down as their champion for a long time. So to see him here, it was nice to see him on TV, but I didn't expect an amazing match that we got with him and Roddy. But then again... Roddy has an amazing match with everybody he's in the ring with. Yeah, I mean, you know and, you know how I feel about Roddy. Yeah, it's just like these two just clicked instantly. The chemistry was there. It was hard-hitting. It was just awesome. Yeah, you know, I I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Is The chemistry was there. And I think throughout this entire night, I don't think anybody dropped the ball. I don't think anybody fumbled. I think it was pretty good. I think everybody was on their game. 
and uh, and even this kid walking right in put on a phenomenal performance. And uh, and even we got to see uh, Shotzi Blackheart. She went against Bianca Belair, also from Evolve. Yeah. And I just I was just thinking that it's it's weird to me because it's like NXT was a developmental, and now we're getting Evolve as a developmental into NXT. Yeah. So it's like times have changed now. Well, yeah, you definitely needed to. I guess fill the developmental space now that NXT is the third brand officially. Yeah. It's there's not going to be any more moving on up to the main roster because this is the main roster. So how do you build the next crop of talent? You need to have that next system, and that is evolved now. Of course, of course. A uh, couple things I just wanted to point out was as great as these in-ring matches were. It was just a little disappointing. That it seemed like some of these matches were done after SmackDown. Yeah, they were done after the um, the last SmackDown before Christmas in the Barclays Center. And anyone who knows NXT knows that the home away for home is the Barclays Barclay Center. Center yeah. The TakeOver Brooklyn 1 event was the first TakeOver event outside of Full Sail University. So for them to be in the Barclays Center, I expected like a raucous crowd. But being that it was taped... Ruckus. No, it's Ruckus. Ruckus? Yeah, Ruckus. Ruckus is different. Ruckus is to cause chaos. A raucous crowd is, uh, I guess, like a very energized and hyped up crowd. School of me always. Yeah. Go right ahead. But yeah, I I expected a very raucous crowd. But I think I said Ruckus, not Ruckus. All right, whatever. (laughs) Let's get on with it. It was disappointing because being that they shoot a pre-show before SmackDown, I think it's main event that they shoot, and then they shoot SmackDown. The crowd's already sitting through three hours of action of course they're going to be tired i it's would hard. have loved it's if, it's so hard to maintain that level of energy you know yeah. throughout an entire night it was so weird seeing a new york city crowd especially brooklyn on their hands for yeah, that, an nxt yeah I, that was the like only thing event. that was the thing that got me was that it was just unfortunate because th- these guys and and and, and women just, as well they were putting on a performance yeah well that that's what uh 205 live suffers from yeah. every week because it's done after smackdown and these guys are going balls to the wall and the crowd is just like on their hands because yeah. hey we're tired and you know if you're there for three hours like of course you're going to be tired look at wrestlemania like by the fourth fifth hour people want to go home <laughs> screw the main event you know it's crazy that you when you speak wrestlemania and you have to say fourth and fifth hour like yeah because i think this in, year it was like insane. what seven eight yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's too long. It's a marathon. Yeah, not to go too far into WrestleMania, but this year there's talks about NXT being involved in WrestleMania. What are we going to see? Like a 10-hour event? Yeah, I don't Come know. Come on. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, but, we'll definitely love to see those matches taped before SmackDown while the crowd's still hot. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see more crowd involvement. Um, you know, I do understand, like I said, that you know this was for the Christmas taping, and so you know it's after the show. Uh, just the optics, though. There was no ring uh, um, apron... Uh, it looked like they were wrestling on a box. Yeah. So it just the well, SmackDown now has LED boards on all sides of the ring. But the thing is, for some matches, there was no NXT logo there, so it just looked really weird. Where usually well, the NXT logo is on the LED board. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think for the entrance side of the ring, right, that was just blank. And for, so for until the main event, because then I noticed they yeah, had the NXT logo. Yeah, the they main did. Event. Well, I think it was the the, the Keith Lee and, yeah. and and Leo Rush, right? Yeah. So then they then they add it. But the whole time, I'm thinking, I'm like, it looks like they're just wrestling on a black box. Like, yeah. the optics of this looks terrible. Yeah. You know, the crowd is not reacting. And I feel bad because, you know, these performers are, are really giving it their all. And on top of that, you had, a, you had a thing from their perspective is that, and what I felt, is that some of them are trying to impress a, a, a crowd that may not watch them on a regular basis. Exactly. They may be able to acquire new fans. And I felt like, 
the style of wrestling was a little bit different as well. It's yeah, like you it put these more guys a main roster style that yeah. they were wrestling. Yeah, so I wonder if there's any talks backstage or, or when they're when they're formulating this match um, with the, what do you call it the agents. I don't yeah. know if there's any talks about it about changing up the style. Um, or if it was just these guys... He said, keep that crap in full sail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you keep those fucking flips down in Florida, okay? Yeah. This is Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, I didn't call it. It just seemed a lot more chain wrestling. Yeah. That's what it was. It was a lot of chain wrestling. Which and is from a nice guys, change of pace on NXT. It was. It was, but it's something that you don't usually see from guys like uh, 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 Dajakovic or yeah. Swerve Scott. Swerve Scott yeah. was doing it. And I was just like, oh, okay. When Swerve Scott was doing it, and he ain't flipping off of, you know... The ring and the ceiling, and then doing a dive. I, I'm, I'm wondering what, what's going on here. Yeah. So it just seemed like it was a little different to me. Someone gave him some Ritalin before the match. Maybe. But maybe. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, to get into the main event, they were wrestling in the same quiet, uh, dead crowd. But it was a testament to the wrestlers because by the end of that match, that crowd was on their feet. They were chanting NXT, which was awesome to see because that was the last match of the taping. The Probably the fourth or fourth and a half hour and they had the crowd on their feet. So it was nice to see that. And that match was amazing. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to point that out. That that was an awesome match. That yeah. was a really good match. Well, uh, let's talk about chemistry. Keith Lee and Leo Rush, they could go for the tag team titles amazing. right now. And I would be happy. Amazing. I love the dynamic. And, and you know what? I'm not used, I'm not like, I'm not for the, oh, stick the big guy with the little guy always. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know sometimes it works. You know, Kane and, and, and X-Pac had a really nice run. Kane and even uh, um, RVD, RVD, Daniel Bryan, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. So I mean, yeah. it, don't get me wrong, it works. You know, Sean and, and and Diesel back in the day, it's cool. But sometimes it doesn't work. And yeah. with these two, it it did work. And I I like it because, like I said, Keith Lee is not your ordinary big guy. Keith yeah. Lee can move, and we were pointing that out. It's like he is just. Like, for a big guy his size, he's moving extremely well. Yeah, like, forget the fact that he could do all these flips. It's the speed that he's moving in. He doesn't make it look slow. Like, oh, he's slowing it down because he's a bigger guy. I, I want to I point something out. I think it's the effort that he gives. Uh, with some of these guys that are faster, I, I, I'll see in matches where, you know, they're, they're doing an Irish rip, and you could tell they're just half-assing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so even if, if you could go fast, you don't always do. You don't put all your effort in. Sometimes yeah, I see guys... It's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, especially... Wrestling is a whole different style of cardio. You could you could be on the treadmill all no, day. But, it's, yeah, but that's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point is that I don't want to overlook that it's not just his ability. It's his effort. Yeah. And I think he's a star now because he put in a lot of effort. That's yeah. all I'm saying is that he's a big guy, but he didn't pigeonhole himself. Mm-hmm. You understand? So I like that. I like that. And I, I like where he is right now. And he really is a start for them. And I just, yeah. I really am hoping that they keep him on NXT. I really don't well, want him I, to be I moved at that... some point. I think for the time being, maybe for like the next year until the next superstar shakeup, when they're probably going to add NXT to that dynamic, I think for the next year we're probably safe with this roster. There no no one's going to be moving. Yeah, I was hoping that. I was hoping that. So Daniel, I also remember when we were watching uh, watching the show, we were saying how at this very moment it doesn't seem like Keith Lee's going to be involved in the title picture at this very moment. It's inevitable that he will. And I wouldn't mind seeing a, a little run with him and Leo Rush as a tag team. I mean, I think they were very fluid together. And I'm kind of curious. I want to see, you know, what can happen. But if they have plans, that's cool too. But this opened my eyes to see, like, he's just a good wrestler. He's a good solo guy. And I think he could be a good tag team. Because he even had good matches when uh, with Dajakovic. Yeah. I, I mean, why not? Leo Rush is no longer Cruiserweight Champion. Yeah, exactly. It looks like, like, like you said, guys. it looks like Keith Lee is no longer in the title picture. Mm. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I would like to see them go on a little run as a tag team. There's some very interesting matches you could have. You could have them versus the Undisputed Error, them versus the Forgotten Sons. There's just a bunch of matchups that I think would be very intriguing with them as a team. And let's not take away from the team of Tony Nisa and Dam- uh, what's it? Damian Priest. Damian yeah. Priest. I wanted to I bring that so up as well. I was so close to say Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock Band? Yeah. Oh, I didn't the, know Judas Priest was in there. Yeah, all of them. All of them. It was a handicap match. <laughs> no, but yeah, Damian Priest and Tony Nisa actually did really well as a tag team as well. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly. Um, they had some cohesiveness as well. But, I mean, mm-hmm. they're both pretty solid. I, I'm becoming more of a fan of Damian Priest. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a huge guy, 6'5", so he stands out immediately. But he can move well, and, and, and he also puts on good matches. Yeah, and Tony Nese is very underrated, in my opinion. For years, I've been watching him. I think I even mm. mentioned how, since, like, 2010, when he was in Impact, I've been watching him. Yeah, I remember, his you, come I remember up you through, him. Yeah, his come up through Evolve and Dragon Gate USA and the Indies and House of Hardcore. Oh, my God. And I really think that he's underrated. Everything he does look crisp, and I don't think he ever botched in a match that i ever seen. Like, he's really good. Yeah, I feel like with Tony Nese, you know what you're where you're going to get. You know, yeah. he's, he's a solid, solid wrestler. Uh... Before I wrap up this show, I just I just felt the need to to say that I was a little impressed with Tynara. She got better. She improved with her match in, in, with Candice LeRae. Um, Tynara is another one of those, you know, very green, you know, starting out. Um, but it's nice to see the progression. You yeah, know? definitely. I, I mentioned in the past with Aaliyah, that it seems like a failed project. I mean, it's been a couple of years now and it's not much better than what she was a few years ago. But with Tynara, it was a little different. In my personal opinion, I saw progression there. It it, it looked like she belonged more. Where yeah, there was times I, I in totally the past agree. where her eyes looked like a deer in headlights, and she didn't know what to do next. And but it, now it seemed a little bit better. Yeah, it was another match where I just felt like the chemistry was there in the ring. Her and Candice LeRae really meshed well. And yeah, and I thought I thought that was a, that was a great matchup because Candice is also super solid, very mm-hmm. athletic. So. I, I like that matchup, but I mean, altogether, this was an uh, amazing card for something that we didn't expect. We 
Oh, got a Christmas present on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you're if you're an NXT fan or you're a wrestling fan and you were watching this, like, I, I think you were yeah. impressed by this. Because the best presents come when they're least expected. And they always it was you. very they unexpected just, to have a card like this. Dropping knowledge, teaching us all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but now, moving on. So, AEW did not have a show this week. And they're going to have a show next week. Uh, just to give uh, the viewers out there a heads up, we're going to be doing the same type of show next week, but in reverse. So we're going to cover the AEW show next week, and then we're going to give our free talk of NXT, but for this week, we're going to free talk AEW. So I know there are some things that you wanted to talk about as an overall end year review and what yeah. we see so far, so I don't know if you want to take it away. This year was very interesting. AEW didn't have their first show until May. They yeah. announced it in January. Next week when they do uh, Dynamite, it's going to be the one-year anniversary of when they made the announcement and they had the uh, press conference in Jacksonville. Going into the first show, I had so much hype. I didn't know what to expect. I was so happy with it. It was an amazing show. From there, it was really good. The two other events that they had, Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest, were good. Yeah, uh, All Out, I thought was really good. And then we got to the Dynamite era. I think AEW had a phenomenal pay-per-view. With Full Gear, mm. it's one of the pay-per-views of the year. I think it's the pay-per-view of the year is either Full Gear or All... Not All Out. Full Gear or Double or Nothing, in my opinion. So, and that goes for any promotion. Even even over War Games? Even over War Games, uh, Survivor Series, it was just really, really special to have I think full a new promotion. Gear, I think Full Gear slightly edged out War Games, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion, too. And slightly. I think we mentioned that when we uh, brought up... Uh, Brought that up during the podcast that hey, it was a great show. I'm not sure if it's the ma- I mean the show of the year. Yeah. The TV is where things got a little tricky for AEW because of the growing pains, and it's to be expected. I didn't expect it to be a perfect show like Double or Nothing week in and week out. I think that we're seeing a product where they're learning on the fly, and I'm excited for where it is like going right now. But I do want to mention that there is things that. Even if you're in growing pains, there are things that are wrong with the production that should be picked up already. Sound issues need to be fixed. Well, I mean, I don't want to control, but I mean, I think that was one episode. No, no, no. They had audio issues weekly. And then on top of that, the live crowd... Maybe it's just my ears. The live crowd there, too, is constantly complaining. There is constant... Constantly people commenting that, hey, I was there live, can't hear anybody talking on the mic, can't hear the music. When promos are on the big screen, no audio. Like, these things are big deals, you know, because you want to give the same experience to the live crowd that you're giving to the crowd at home. But then also, you want to make sure that the crowd at home is not also seeing the problems because there's been episodes where the audio is all messed up. Yeah, I remember that. But I'm not going to go on this whole tangent of what's wrong with them. I want to say that so far, it's been good. But we are out of the honeymoon phase where it's not like anything that they do is going to be amazing. So now is where the test really starts. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going into a new year. Um, and I think that there will be changes. You know, it's inevitable. They will change and they, they are trying to grow. There are moments, I think I've mentioned in the past, that it felt like to me that they were just an uh, indie with... Television, yeah. Or with a, a, a big, you know, uh, billionaire backing. You know what I mean? It, it just seemed like things weren't really planned out or um, things were overlooked. And l- like you said, it, it's not 
it's not huge things. They're just little things that could make this show better. Yes. Um, and we've gone on in the past about that. And stemming off from that, I had something to bring up. And that's the disconnect, I feel, with the internet and with their television product. And I understand, you know, AEW is supposed to be, you know, the, the cool new thing. They're the... They're the, they're the new toy. They're still the, the new kids on the block, right? And they're doing things a little bit different. And they're trying to cater to their niche, their, their internet fans. And I get that. And that's cool. But the problem I'm having is when you're giving an extra five minutes to Emi Sakura to, 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 to fuck a match up. And you leave off an important promo. By MJF that ties a storyline together. Exactly, exactly. So, I'm just I'm just a little concerned as to the priorities. If they shorten some of these matches and give more character development, I think that would be beneficial. I do. I I do think the same, but I'm going to try and think about their thought process right now because. All Elite Wrestling is a spawn off of Being the Elite, the YouTube show. So I really feel like they took the fan base that they saw on the YouTube show because it grew really fast and said, hey, our fans know what we're doing on YouTube, so we'll continue to have the character development on YouTube. That's why there's continuous storyline advancement on Being the Elite, but people who watch only the TV show don't know that. But if you look at where the origins are, the whole company came from a youtube show then they probably expect you to be in touch with what's going on the internet as well the only problem with that is you're not going to expand as you would like i mean you yeah, will cody cody already shot himself in the foot in the beginning when he said that we're not looking for the casuals we have a good fan base we're looking just to keep our fan base yeah he says that they i i feel like cody talks too much that's a problem well yeah i've mentioned that with you that I think he should keep it a little bit closer to himself. He's constantly putting his foot in his mouth, and I love you, Cody. But come on. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love Cody too. I, I, I absolutely love him. I think he's, a, I think he's a great guy. But that's the only thing is, you know, it needs to keep it a little bit quieter, um, because I, I feel like you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to exclude anybody. First off, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, I'm trying to invite you in. Yeah, say, and, oh, and, you're not our type of fan. Exactly. No. And you know, as much as Vince Russo is hated in the industry. He's been saying for a long time that if they want to be successful, they have to cater to the casual fan because that's where the fan base is going to grow. And then people look at him and like, oh, he's an idiot. But I the thing is, it's true. Why would you alienate some fans who want to tune in for the first time because they're not aware of what's been going on YouTube for the, like, the last two years to build up to this promotion? Yeah. I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I just remember saying this. I don't know. If, I know it's to you. When they were first uh, getting started with the Dynamite shows. And I think it was the first couple of weeks. And I think we had a conversation. And I just remember saying about how they need to appeal more to the casual fans. Um, you know, I'm, obviously I, I don't consider myself a casual fan. But I understand and can see through the eyes of a casual fan. And, and I, I feel like I have an understanding as to what attracts them to say like the WWE. Yeah. And I'm not saying I want AEW to be WWE. Not at all. That's why I love AEWs because they're different. And I think that's what yeah. we all love about but it. There is aspects of WWE that would help AEW exponentially. A exactly. And that's why I'm not talking about the, you know, the format of the way they formulate their matches or who they hire or whatever. I'm just saying is that little production, uh, you know, uh... 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. A little bit more of production efforts mm-hmm. into the production, I guess I'm trying to say. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm screwing my words up right now. But if they could just increase in production, if they could just manage this TV show a little bit differently. Like I mentioned yeah, in that it, previous it, it, podcast that, you know, the whole thing with, with the Cody uh, and then um, MJF coming out right yeah. after. It just it's all was... about the pacing of the show. All right. Just because you have all these segments doesn't mean that any segment could go anywhere. It has to flow. And yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a problem isn't with flowing. me. We have to look at the inevitable here. I mean, not the inevitable. We have to look at the facts. Attendance has been down. If you look at it around, even on the TV, it's very noticeable that those seats are not filled. So, like I said, the honeymoon period is over. You have to start impressing. Not everything you do is going to be a home run. Yeah. Look, every show, like the first three shows were sold out. Yeah. Now they're tarping off half of the damn arena because they have to put everybody on one side. I mean, they also they're also choosing these really small uh, towns and. Yeah, that's, you know, I don't know about having it in your first two months running West Virginia and running like Garland, Texas. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I mean, no offense to Garland, Texas. I, I, I mean, I know it's a little harder than what we're like making it out to be. I know the rent in these bigger cities is a lot more. But once again, it's not my money, but you're being ran by a billionaire. Like you, you want, everyone wants to talk about how, oh, Tony Khan has a higher net worth than Vince McMahon. Okay. But here's the deal. Here's the deal with that is that, yeah, I could have more money than you, but it's how much money I want to invest in it. Cause I'm not looking to spend all my money. You know, I became a billionaire for a reason. Like there's a reason why I'm a billionaire. Tony Khan said I'm all in on this. Well, yeah, he could be all in, but it doesn't mean that with his bank account. I understand, but is it, is it smart? Your third or fourth week of television running West Virginia and you still haven't hit some major markets. Okay, you see, here's the part that I agree with you 100% is that I think they fucked up it is in is because they had that momentum going for them. They're selling yeah. out shows, so use it to the max. Go to the biggest markets you could possibly get because you're still fresh and new exactly. and you're the hot thing. I think you it should have been 15 minutes. Easily should have been... The way they started out was fine having uh, Washington, D.C., 
Boston, and then Philly. Yeah. But then After from there, that. it's like Charleston, West Virginia. And there hasn't been a wrestling show in West Virginia in what, like they said five, six years? And I think it was just because Cody has an attachment to the NWA and what his father used to do. Yeah. So right off the bat, I'm doing West Virginia because NWA had a stamp in West Virginia. It's like, all right, build up to something like that. You don't have that fan base there to go to cities where you're not really known like that. You have to build up to make it known. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's exactly what it is, in my opinion, as well. Um, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I feel like Cody jumps the gun a lot because I feel like he's been waiting for this moment his whole life. And now that he has it, Oh, I got to do this because I always wanted to do what my dad did. Or well, something, one you know? thing I pointed out to you is from my perspective, seeing him, he seems like a very emotional guy. Um, seems. What is he cut from where he wasn't what? crying? I just don't want to, I don't want to judge. You <laughs> yeah, know what no, I mean? No. I'm, not, I'm trying I love, to be nice. I love, I love I'm the emotion. Nice. No, but I love the emotion that he I do. I it's do. different. There's, I, there's promos on WWE where there's no emotion anywhere near the promo. And then you have Cody who's so emotional that he... Ends up crying legit. But whether good or bad, I'm just pointing out that that's who he is. It's emotional. So his decisions are going to reflect that. Uh You understand? If that's who you are, your decisions are going to reflect that. Um, So I think in that case, I think that's what it is. I think you hit it right on the head. I know his attachment with his father and him trying to, you know, impress everybody and live up to to the road's name. Yeah. And that's tough. It is very tough. It is very tough. But also you have three other EVPs and Tony Khan who has the final say and nobody's saying, hey, Cody, not yet. I, I... Completely understand. I completely understand. I do wanna. I do wanna flip this a little bit because I feel like we beat the shit out of them, man. <laughs> we Not do. Yeah. But here's the thing: is that I don't wanna. I don't wanna seem like that because I. I also have a lot of positives for them. Yeah, me too. And I thoroughly enjoy their product. When it comes, like I'm going to keep it real. When it comes yeah. to watching it every week, we watch AEW. We first. watch AEW first because that's the show that I want to see first. Even with NXT being the better show in the last couple weeks, in I, my opinion, I want to. I, I think I was just thinking about it, and I, I think that we do that because AEW is a wild card. I think exactly. at this point, right now, you know what to expect from NXT. Yeah, well, NXT, they're 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 hitting their strides. Their format is kind of locked in, and they've been doing very well. And I think we know what to expect with them. At this point, with AEW, it's a little different every week. Um, you know, one week you may have an amazing show, and then another week you could have the sound issues and botches, mm-hmm. and you know, promos get. It's just a lot, and it could be like, oh shit, you know yeah. what happened? But one thing that is very positive about being the wild card is you never know what's going to happen, and you never know who's going to be made a star on that episode. Because I've been thoroughly surprised with the way they quickly pushed Darby Allen. Jungle yes. Boy, yes, yes, Scorpio yes. Sky, Thank and these you. people became stars. And it wasn't like, oh, it's too soon. Too soon for Darby. Come on, third episode. Too soon for Jungle Boy. He's already getting a title. Well, he's already facing Jericho. But you know what? The way they do things when it comes to making stars, that's brilliant. where they They're brilliant really yeah. succeed and they really show off. They do a really good job of giving the rub and and, uh, and allowing these guys to, to showcase themselves um, to a massive audience. And, and that's the thing I was... I, was, I think I've said... Um, AEW has mass appeal, in my personal opinion. I feel like they can reach more audiences than, say, the NXT brand can. I totally It's agree. already, it, it's kind of already been acknowledged that NXT is a subsector, right? Mm-hmm. And NXT was designed to be that subsector. It was designed to be an alternative to yes. the WWE. It was, yeah. it was exactly supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to fill a, a niche, right? Where AEW is just... AW on the scene, you know what I mean? They don't have a parent company. They don't have another show on, you know, on a Friday or whatever. No, it's just AW. And yes, like you said before, they started from the internet and, you know, that's sort of how these this thing kind of arose. 
but still nonetheless they're not tied into one market they yeah. tie themselves into that market but actuality i i don't i think they i think they're a great example of a of a company that could reach the the uh what do you call it the, the uh mass, the casuals yeah the casual yeah. fans well i just had a random thought i really think and even though this would destroy our whole concept of this podcast playing I really, devil's advocate over here well yeah i really think that if nxt was not on wednesdays or aw was on tuesdays or thursdays and there were there was no going against each other same time slots whatever it was just on its own day i really think that we wouldn't be critiquing AEW the way that we do. It's because subconsciously we're still comparing to the other product on the other channel. I think AEW by itself is a good wrestling show. I feel like AEW in comparison to NXT needs work. And what I don't know why it made me think of this, but when Lucha Underground was on Wednesdays and NXT was still on the network and you were just watching Lucha Underground on Wednesdays, even as wacky as it was, it was, oh my God, this is so different. It's awesome. You have Lucha Underground against NXT that is going to be like, eh, but it's a little unbelievable. Oh, this is, you know what I mean? Because now you're forced to compare. But if AEW was alone and NXT was alone, I really think that both products would flourish even more because there's no comparison. It's just, this is NXT. I enjoy it. This is AEW. I enjoy it. It's not... All right, well, now let's see what NXT does. Oh, and now let's see what AEW does. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. There's only one devil. Okay, not in my world, okay? Because I think when you're watching Lucha Underground then, you weren't running a podcast, so you're not scrutinizing every little tiny thing. And yes, I do believe you're right that AEW and NXT, if they were on two separate days, that... They would be looked at different. Well, I think they both would flourish more. Obviously in the ratings, because they're competing for a crowd on the same night, mm-hmm. same time. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. they would see the equal amount of numbers. You know, it's probably going to be anywhere from the eights to nines. You know what I mean? Yeah. On each night, probably. The thing is, I think we're critiquing it because that's what we do now. It We're running a podcast here. It's yeah. comparing the two. And, and yes, to an extent, it's in comparison to NXT. But in my mind, we had a conversation in the past and you made me aware that a- NXT is running one type of format. To judge them by their format and by their standards. I'm judging AEW on a whole nother merit and standards. You understand? Yeah. So, in my personal opinion, that does not apply to me. I'm not judging them on NXT and what NXT is doing. I'm judging yeah. them on what I've previously no, no, grew up I'm watching not, I'm not saying what you're judging the them on. I'm talking about subconsciously, you're still... Well, me too. Subconsciously, is still a competition. So, it's no matter what is... Yeah. I guess so. We, I, yeah. we finish an episode and we're like, all right, we got to see the next episode. Oh, we got to see NXT now. Instead of it being, we seen AEW, that was it for the night that's wrestling on this night and that's what it is. Yeah. There's no competition because we don't see, oh, AEW versus Raw. Raw is kicking, no. Or AEW versus SmackDown or NXT versus, it's always NXT versus AEW because it's on the same night. So there is that comparison. Maybe in your subconscious, not in my. I'm telling, I'm telling you the all truth. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it straightforward. Is that ever since we had that that conversation, I think it was off the podcast. Yeah. Actually, we just finished the podcast. That's how crazy it was. I wish we were still recording, because you mentioned that and it, it changed my perspective. I literally was comparing AEW to NXT, yeah, and vice versa. And then when I realized that you know these are two companies that have different formats, and they're both trying to do two different things. So let me not judge them. For each other, but judge them in their own race. You understand? So I just yeah. think I'm judging AEW strictly on 
I grew up on on WCW on on WWF, um, you know, and then uh, you know ROH and 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 Impact and you know all these other wrestling companies. So I've seen a lot of wrestling. So I'm not just judging them on NXT. I'm judging them on wrestling. Yeah. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So that's me. That's me personally. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just think, I think my criticism of them is fair, but I also do no, give them a praise. No, it's totally fair, and I, I criticize them a lot too. I'm just saying, like, maybe we aren't realizing that it's because it's still in comparison of maybe, NXT. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I, one thing I do want to say is that I do like them building stars, and I do like their their characters. I, I understand that they've been kind of leaning towards these more darker characters you know like you have the dark order you have you know blade and bunnies kind of darkish you also have uh brandy Rhodes and and the the was it the midnight collective the ni- nightmare collective. nightmare collective yeah. um and also you said blade and bunny that was funny i mean blade yeah blade and butcher and bunny i'm sorry butcher and the blade blade <laughs> and bunny yeah i'm sorry uh yeah anyway yeah so and then darby allen is a little dark character so i mean there's a lot of darker characters but at the end of the day, there is more characters, I suppose. Yeah, which is a nice surprise because that's something that I was scared about going into AEW Dynamite and even AEW in general because Tony Khan was saying it's going to be a sports-like... Yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very sports-like. Is it going to be a sports-like presentation. So I was scared. Is there going to be heels? Is there going to be promos? Is there going to be characters? Or is it just going to be like MMA style? This guy versus this guy. They mm. have similar records. They're going to fight for the hell of it. And then yeah, there's no. no reason why they're fighting. So I think that they took everybody surprise, everybody by surprise by having these very in-depth characters that people are falling in love with. Yeah. And having probably the best promos on TV. Because that's one thing that they're really hitting their stride with. Yeah. Jericho's promos weekly are amazing. MJF's promos, second to no when it comes to heel work. Cody. Cody Rhodes' emotional promos, amazing. Dustin just killed it. Yeah, he he Dustin, cut a promo on, on Sammy. I loved it. Uh, I mean, Moxley's promos of being this one. Like, psychotic wrestler, like... There's nobody, there's no wrestling company on TV that's touching AEW when it comes to promos. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and if you do want to compare with NXT, they don't have that at all. That's so, why they have to shoot these pre-tapes because they probably take like ten times for Keith Lee to say "Bask in my glory." Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that because I, I feel like shout to Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah, shout to Keith Lee. I mean. He, he, he's getting better, you know what I mean? And they do have promo work and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah, promo classes. Over time, on, exactly. Yeah. Over time, they're just, they're going to get better. And I think we'll be introduced to that uh, on their show. But that's for next week we'll talk about. But, um, yeah, at least with, with, with AEW, they do have guys that can cut amazing promos. And that's why I was saying that I judge them on what they're good at and what they've been doing. So if they botch a promo, I'm going to critique it and I'm going to compare it because you've been doing well with that. You yeah. know what I mean? And and same thing with, with NXT is that it's match after match after match. And those matches are pretty good. So yeah, if you watch a match, it's going to be like, all right, come on, what's going on here? Exactly. Yeah. That's That was it. That was it. That's all I was trying to say is that, you know, I understand what they're good at and what they're weak at. And I'm just judging them on their, their like, strengths. Yeah. So, G, as this year ends, I just want to ask you, in your opinion, a couple questions. And I'll give you my answer as well. Okay. I want to give sort of like a year-end awards, kind of like what NXT is doing on their show next week. I don't know if AEW is doing it. All right, sounds good. So, sounds good. Who do you think was the wrestler of the year for AEW? This is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Part of me wants to say Cody because it, it does seem like this is Cody's show. Um, you know, he's kind of like the star in this. And I guess, you know, Jericho on the reverse end is, you know, the main villain. Yeah. But I They're do believe in the Joker right now. Yeah. If you notice the feuds with, with Cody and everybody's after Cody, you know, like it just shows that there's value and people mm-hmm. want it. You know what I mean? And and like you just mentioned about the traveling, come on, that's not a coincidence either. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's obvious. Uh, I think wrestler of the year for AW, I would have to say Cody, but um, I think Jericho is, is right there as well. I mean, because that show really revolves around him and what he's doing and his promos as well. You know, he, he entertains a little bit more, where yeah. I think Cody gets you more invested. So, by default, I'm going to say Cody, just because of the stature and the power that he has and the fact that the show moves with him, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Cody. I'm going to go with Chris Jericho for the simple fact that Chris Jericho is near 50, and no one's talking about his age. No one's saying he's too old to be the champion. True. No one's saying, all right, he's way past his prime, get him off my TV. He put this company on his back, and he's spearheading it. On top of that... Chris Jericho, the promos that he's cutting second to none. And also, it was Chris Jericho who's making these young guys stars because it was the match with Chris Jericho and Darby Allen that made Darby Allen a star. Chris Jericho, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy a star. Chris Jericho, Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky a star. Chris Jericho, Hangman Page, Hangman Page a star. Like, it wasn't really Cody versus. So, yeah, not- I think the guy who's really building that roster with homegrown talent is off of the back of Chris Jericho. And that's why he's. The wrestler of the year. I, I know he's had a lot of uh, amazing ideas, and he's had a huge hand in this whole process. Uh, and that's why I thought, you know, his value is oh, yeah. tremendous for them. Let me ask you: if it was any other fifty-year-old man in that spot, and not Chris Jericho, we would be saying, "Come on, really? New company going to put it on this guy?" Yeah, but you know, you know what? what I mean? He's been doing this for most of his exactly. whole career, and I really think that he hasn't been this hot ever. He's really shown why the company could be... Well, he could be the poster boy of this company. Agreed. He could have been that for WWE. And you know what? He's really showing his real potential here. So next, tag team of the year. Oof, tag team. Okay. Um, 
Oof, that's a tough one. I don't want to say the Bucks. They've been. Yeah, well, I'm not going with the Bucks. Here. The Bucks had some hell of a matches, but they you know do. what? The I thing mean, they, the they always put on great matches. Yeah, it's expected. Can I get my answer first? Wait, wait, wait hold up. I, I'm gonna go with. Oof. Okay, I'm a little tossed here because I want to say Santana and Ortiz because I I really like them and I think that they've been able to showcase more of what they can do. Okay. But at the same time, Pentagon and Phoenix has been amazing as well. Yeah. That, that was my choice. I'm going to go with Pentagon and Phoenix, yeah. I think. Because I, I, Phoenix has been blowing me away. In the ring, he blows me away, and Pentagon is super solid. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have to go with them. But I think I, I, I like, close I, second is... I love the whole Santa Romero thing. Maybe take out like four or five of them. Yeah. But definitely, <laughs> I besides the Bucks, I don't think any two guys mesh well mesh as well together as Pentagon and Phoenix. And that's because of the blood, the brotherhood, and they've been doing this for such yeah, a long time. Yeah, that cohesiveness and it shows. also, I do think that they're the only tag team right now that either one of them could be world champion at this moment if you split them up. Ray Phoenix as champion works. Pentagon as champion works. I can't see that for any other tag team at the moment. I think that's bound that, but I feel like. I think it's in their destiny. And you're right. You're yeah. Right. Female of the year. This one's going to be tough because... I think that the women's division has definitely started to get a whole lot better, but it was kind of rocky in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one because, you know, Rio's a champion that we hardly get to see, whether she's on television or not. And we get Britt Baker pushed a lot. Mm-hmm. But then you have Chris Statlander come out of pretty much, you know, nowhere. And within a month, she's getting a but title Statlander shot. Statlander had three matches. Yeah. So that we've seen on television. Yeah, it's 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 really tough. Um, Can I? I you know right. what? I'm gonna go with. I'm. I will say Britt Baker because of how much they they put the rocket ship behind her. Before AEW, did you hear Britt Baker like that? I knew she was in All In last year. I knew but of that her. Was it, yeah. I knew of her. I didn't. You know, I didn't know a match. I never saw a match of hers or anything. Yeah. I didn't know anything. So I mean, when you're dealing with this is. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. 
it's tough because it's a division that's not fully developed yet. But as of right now, if I have to pick, I'm going to go with Britt Baker. I do see promise with her. I think uh, she has a lot going for her. And I do see progress. And that's one thing that I like to hang my hat on is, are you getting better? And I think that she's getting better over time. And she's coming to her own. And I do believe that next year she could be a star for them. And you know what? If you listen to the podcast and you listen to everything I've said about Britt Baker, you're going to be really shocked to hear me say, I totally agree. Wow, I think Britt I'm, Baker surprised. Is, I'm surprised. I, I think Britt Baker that. is the uh, the star of that division. I do want to see more development from her, but I do think that if anybody's going to be the top female, it's going to be her. She has the look, she yeah. has the will, and she has the dedication. She does not need to be doing this. Like, we all know she's a dentist. She does yeah. not need to be doing this. And I, and I want to point that out. I think that was, that was kind of cool that... She kind of incorporates it, yeah. And she, because I was like, how do you incorporate a, a dentist? Like, you know, Doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, 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 Isaac Jacobs. Isaac yeah. Jacobs. You know, that was kind of weird. Like, how do you incorporate that in today's world? Yeah. And it, she, I think she did it proper. She doesn't do it too hokey. You and, know? With, it and with the, um, what's her finisher? I forgot the finisher. Uh, the lockjaw. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that. That ties into the dentistry thing. So yeah. I think it's cool. So that's why I said I think with I, her, I think I think she needs to be a little bit more hokey, if you ask me. Really? Yeah. Not hokey. Like come out with a freaking scrubs on but name your moves off of the gimmick like if that's yeah, going to be your yeah. gimmick then you should have okay i don't think you the, mean hokey i think yeah. you mean more involved yeah in the yeah, gimmick. yeah like yeah. have the filling and have the wisdom tooth removal or something yeah, right? yeah the root yeah, no, canal the root canal yeah i can see that i can see that my god the root canal <laughs> Brit Baker with the root canal she uh, has a family anyway um all right I do want to give a shout out to Brandy. I think character wise, I think Brandy cuts the best promo out of all the females. And yeah, she, she does an amazing yeah. job at cutting at cutting promos. Even before this whole Nightmare Collective thing, like when she was talking everybody into the building for Cody versus um, Sean Spears, and how she was so irate at Sean Spears for hitting Cody with the chair. Yeah. Like that was so believable, and it really showed that this girl has real skills on the mic. And who would have known? Because she was just the in-ring announcer for WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. She she has opened up my eyes. My all right. I got two more categories. So second to last, who is the breakout star of the year in your opinion? Oof. You know, initially my my brain immediately shut out Darby Allen. I'm so, gonna go. Don't go with the gut. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I might be overlooking somebody. You are overlooking a huge star, and I'll tell you who it is right now. My breakout star of the year is clearly, and even though he had very low matches, he's the top heel. One of the top heels, MJF, is the breakout star for AEW. Mm. Going into it, who knew MJF and who who knew Darby Allen? Yeah, I, under, I understand that. Allen? I understand that, but Darby Allen had matches where, just on character alone, MJF is talked as one of the top heels of that company. And his heel turn, well, his... Yeah, but it's a wrestling company. You I have understand. to wrestle. All right, but... When was the last time MJF had a wrestling match on Dynamite? So, you mean to tell me that the character development of MJF versus Cody is not light years beyond just a Darby Allen match? Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I like MJF. I do. But unfortunately, he hasn't had much ring time. I understand that. But MJF could be world champion right now based off his heel work where I don't think Darby Allen's at the point where you could put the title on him. I think you could put the title on MJF right now based off two, three matches, but just off the character alone. And I can't say that for any other rookie in AEW. No one could have that title right now besides MJF, in my opinion. 
And you know what? I think that is your opinion. Yeah. And I think you made a very valid point. And you're correct. I, I do believe if they put the title a title on him, say in three months from now, in the right circumstances, I might not be mad. I might not be mad at all. You but know I, mean? I do feel, and I love it. I was saying Darby Allen was a big breakout star. He was in my top three that I, I announced. Think... But if you put the title on Darby Allen right now, no, is he ready? No, no. And that's why I'm basing it off of. Okay. All right. That's fair. I just think I. I I don't know. I think I think these two might be running the same type of race, but one's going to be in the heel lane and one's going to be yeah. in the face lane. And I think you know they're going to be neck and neck. And I think their paths will cross eventually. But I do see a lot of potential with Darby. I think he has a lot of oh, good things going it, for him. Yeah, I think he's got limit. he's got the um, the the type of crowd um, behind him that you want. Like I said, mm-hmm. he's got the women and children, which is great. Um, and not just that. But I mean, guys, you know, older guys too like him as well. So he, yeah. everybody likes him. But it just. That he appeal he appeals to the women and the children, and that's that's great and that's rare because not everybody can do that. Yeah. Um. And you know he's got a lot of things. The, the face paint, the skateboard is dope. Yeah, he has a lot of things that you could run with. Yeah, and... you could market basically. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then the body bag. You know, I know that was a, a, a Jericho idea behind the scenes. That was yeah. brilliant. But um, yeah. So I just see the marketability, and then also I like the coffin drop. That's unique. Mm-hmm. You know, so it goes with its character. I just think he has a lot going for I wish he was a little bigger in size, personally. Because then I could see maybe, you know, him being a, a world champion. Um, I and I still think he can I be. I think he could be a champion. But, like I said, for 2019, if we end the year... He's going to have to prove. Yeah, if 2019 ended with Darby Allen as champion, I'm going to 2020 saying I'm not too sure about that champion. If it ended with MJF, I'm saying... Right now, I would say I'm not too sure about yeah. the company, to be honest yeah. with you. If MJF, out, of everybody, out of everybody, you put the title on Darby, I'd be Exactly. Like, oh. And if MJF ended the year as champion, I'm okay with it. Because I feel that, one, his in-ring action that he did have was very solid. No, he is. He's a solid wrestler. I don't think that there's a better character than MJF right now because he's always in character mode. He's yeah. the one who's keeping kayfabe alive. Yeah, no, I, I respect the shit out of him. I respect the shit out of him because he's a unique wrestler, a throwback, and somebody that's so young, it's, it's very odd to see that. Yeah. Especially in the world of social media and, you know, breaking kayfabe and... I, I, you know, kudos to him for always staying in that fucking character because I yeah. love it. I love me it. Me too. All, All right, right, hit me with the next one. Match of the year, Meltzer. <sighs> well, man. All right, I got to give this one six stars. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm Was kidding. it in the Tokyo <laughs> Dome? Oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't think any I match that's a tough one. in the Tokyo Dome this year. You know, one match that really stood out to me was... The lights out match, the uh, Mox and, and Omega, that shit was insane. That was a, crazy. So many spots. But that wasn't a real like wrestling match, though. It was just a, a good entertaining match. Oof, I don't know. I don't know, though. I have mine. Okay, what is yours? So, I was talking to one of my buddies today, and I was telling him how I would much rather a shorter match with less moves, but emotion and story than 6,000 flips with no emotion and story. And I think oh, the I think most I... emotional match no, no, no. this year I know. I know was Cody going. versus Dustin. Yeah. I think that there's been no match this year from any company that could touch that match. The I was emotion, super invested. That, I was the, really invested in that. The emotion, the blood, yeah. the brother versus brother, everything was just amazing. Even the intros, the whole smashing of the throne, it yeah. was just a masterpiece from start to finish. And yeah, match of the year. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. For the for the listeners at home, we watched that match, and we watched that match with our mother, who's not a big wrestling fan, but we, you know, hyped it up, and she wanted to spend time with us, and she watched it, and at the end of it, she said she almost wanted to cry. So she was yeah. that invested. That's from a non-wrestling fan. Uh, 
Who, so, who who saw that and their eyes didn't water up? Mine did. Yeah, it was it was very touching, and it's like you know it's a wrestling match, you know, and we know in today's world it's written, but still you lose yourself as a fan and you just enjoy it. And, and, and what was and, the and last time like, that that happened? I can't remember a time when that happened. Yeah, it's super rare in today in today's world. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm probably you probably have to go back maybe couple years maybe sean versus rick flair during the retirement oh i remember that like one. when he's like i'm oh, sorry man. and then super kicks his head off while they're both crying in the ring like yeah. i don't know like there hasn't been that much emotion in wrestling anymore and that's something that's missing because now it's very athletic but there's no storytelling there's no psychology you know i think it's funny that you should say that emotion and, and i just told you about cody and cody spearheading this company so you know his emotion i you know it, it yeah. projects, it projects onto the... And that's why I'm saying, like, it's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. And I, yeah. I think at times it could be great. And at times it may work against him. But yeah. I think for the most part, his emotion, I think it does work in his benefit. And it shows on the yeah. show. And you're right, that, that Especially match Especially in his amazing. matches, because Cody is not the best wrestler. No, he's not. But he's solid, and he gets you invested he makes you with care. his promos and with the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So... He makes you care. Like, look at... He's a real throwback. If you... Want to even say he's like a Hulk Hogan where in ring, it's not the best, but he'll have everyone in the palm of his hands during that match, no matter how athletic the match is. You know what I mean? Yeah, very true. So, yeah. Still, but you haven't given your match of the year. I mean, after after that, I mean, I might have to take the cheap route and, and, and go with that one as well. But like I said, I think entertainment value, though. I want to say the the, the, the mocks, out. the lights out, because that shit was just wild, man. Wild. Yeah, it definitely was. Like, the stuff that they even did, I don't even know how... Who who thought of, hey, let's pull out mousetraps? Like I said, I thought it was done when they threw uh, when they threw themselves into that fucking bed of barbed wire, basically. I'll tell you this right now. I'll put money on this. I really don't think Kenny Omega came up with anything in that match. I really could see Moxie saying, oh my god, can we have mousetraps? Like, all the stuff that he wanted to do in WWE, he's like, ooh, yeah, barbed wire. Yeah, now we're doing ooh, it. let's do... F- yeah, come on. I don't know. I think I think Kenny might. <laughs> I, I can see Omega saying, "Hey, I'm down to do anything, man." No, I don't know. I, I, to me, in that match, because I don't, I, I don't want to go too far, but I think in that match, I think Kenny had something to prove. I think he wanted to show people that hey, I could do this as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he, he's never been in hardcore matches like that or anything yeah. any well, of that nature. Death matches, yeah, yeah, death matches like that. You know, and that's not who he is. But yeah. I think he he still wanted to prove that hey, I could do this as well. I could do this really good. You know, because I, I you know a lot of people talk about him as being you know one of the best. Um, in the world today, and so I think he's always trying to prove people, you know, that he is the best. So that was one thing he had the notch under his belt, and it showed to me. So I think he did have a hand, but I could definitely see Mox, you know, yeah, just based off interviews <laughs> in the little, past of ideas, <laughs> ideas he had for matches in the past that got turned down. It seemed like a lot of those stuff appeared on that match. Yeah, yeah. So is there any other questions? No, that's it. That's it. So I guess we're gonna wrap this up, but before we do, uh, I just wanted to remind uh, the listeners that. Like I said before, we're doing the same type of podcast next week because AEW's running a show and NXT's not, which I'm a little surprised about. Yeah, I know too. you're surprised as well. If they did one on, 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 on Christmas, I'm surprised that they didn't do one for New Year's. But anyway, yeah. it gives us an opportunity to do this show, which I personally had a lot of fun doing. Um, but well, Let me just, uh, not to correct that, but just to explain, they are having a show. It's just going to be a recap show of past takeover matches that they're going to show. Well, it's not and a And they're new... going to have a, what's called, year-end awards show. It's not going okay. to be new content. Yeah, that's yeah, what Where I this meant. week, AEW was completely off TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, above that, I just wanted to say, this is the last year podcast, like we mentioned. And I just wanted to personally say how much I appreciate everyone listening. We thoroughly enjoy this podcast. This is... 
our baby right now. We absolutely love it. Um, and I know you could probably say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I just really appreciate it so much. All the support, all the love. This thing grew so fast and it's all because of you guys and we really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, we've learned so much and we've grown as, as people, as long as uh, also as podcasters. Fans. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we just want to be able to connect more with you guys. And um, I mean, I recently just, I just up and quit my job so I could spend more time with this. I am fully yeah. committed I'm going to be spending a lot more time on the Instagram and I would love for people to interact and comment and tell me, tell me, tell, tell us what you like and you don't like, or tell us your opinions. Exactly. We put up topics and questions because we want to know, we want to know what the listeners are thinking as well. Exactly. So make sure you follow fight for Wednesday night for the number, not F O R because that's where it's all going to be happening. But at the end of the day, this was not a cheap uh, plug. No, it's not a cheap plug, but just so you Because I appreciate it and I just appreciate you guys. uh, I just want, I just appreciate you guys and I just want to connect with you guys more. And moving forward into 2020, we're going to be doing so much, so much, but we're not going to talk about it. We're going to let our actions tell you guys. Exactly. We're going to take this to the next level, brother. Yeah. So you know what? Stay with us. I appreciate it. God bless. Happy New Year's, everyone. Thank you again. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.